0: to be here. Uh, Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for, uh, for that introduction, Frank. You are my favorite child. I appreciate you so much. I feel like I've been somewhat of a deadbeat dad. So if you would like to go on this retreat, and I'm being honest, I'll pay for it. So you let me know. If you want to, I'll pay for it. So, all right, you hold me up to it. I can save you $50 tonight, but I'll pay for the rest too. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, Thanks your staff so much, uh, Chad. Thank you so much for uh, for inviting me to come tonight. Um, when uh, when I talked to Chad about the about coming to this and being part of it, he said, "Here's some topics you can uh, you can speak on. Advent's coming up. Uh, they're going to be on break, and so how, you know what does it look like to move into a, a season of being away from school, out of your regular program, so to speak." Talked about uh, personal holiness, and so I have. Uh, 17 minutes, I think, was what I had on the list, and I think I have even shorter than that now, but I'm going to talk about all of those. So I'm going to put them all together in one thing together. No, tonight, uh, and I am going to, so that was kind of a joke, but I'm serious about it. Um, tonight, I, I, I'm trying to reflect back um, to the last time that I came to a crew meeting, and I, um, I was, it was not difficult for me to do, and the reason I say that is because there is something special about this ministry there's something special about the gatherings that you have, the time where you come to this place not now I, I went to a private school Christian school for, for uh, my undergrad and in that there was a requirement to go to chapel there was a requirement to serve in different places. That's not a requirement for you. you guys are here because you desire to be here. you want to know more about Jesus. you want to grow together. And it is so inspiring, it's so encouraging, it's, it's, it's so much fun to come and to worship with you, to laugh with you, and to fellowship with you. So thank you for having me, thank you for what you do, thank you for being part of this and being part of the change agent at, at Ohio University. I am uh, I'm part of this community too, and I see the impact that God's having through your obedience and through your willingness to step out and be His hands, His feet, and His mouthpiece. Well, I have a word for you tonight uh, that I want to start with. Uh, this word is one that we all live with. It's one that every person lives with, every person finds importance in, whether it's conscious or subconscious. A word tonight uh, that we are all embarking on as we move towards a holiday that we're going to celebrate next month, and that word is Anticipation. That word is important to every person, every person that's ever lived, every person that's going to live, every person that is living now, because we're all living in anticipation of something. And if you're a follower of Jesus, if you know Jesus, then right now your anticipation is towards something that is eternal. If you're not a follower of Jesus, and for those that are not in this world, the anticipations that we have are for things that are not eternal, things that are temporal, things that will end when our time here on earth ends, or even possibly before that. And so the reality of what this anticipation looks like, particularly as we look at it in the context of the season we're in, anticipating the coming of the King, the celebration of Jesus coming to this earth, we had this opportunity to reflect upon the goodness of God and to look towards the presentation of God in human form in the person of Jesus Christ. A synonym or perhaps a word that, that works in conjunction with anticipation is this word Advent, which you may have heard if you grew up in church or you've been around church very much, you might have heard the word Advent. And the, the reality, Advent is a, is a word that means arrival or it means beginning. It means to start something new. And for any of us, there's an opportunity in life, and perhaps you've done this before, where you've started something new with Jesus, I have an anticipation for something in life, perhaps you do as well. And There's been things in life that I've anticipated that are good. I I, I like to fish, and I remember when I was in college, I went on a fishing trip, I went with a bunch of guys, we went to to, uh, Delaware, we we rented a charter, we went out on this boat, and I remember all the preparation, getting everything together, I'd never fished deep sea fish before, I'd fished off the shore before, but never deep sea fished, and I remember getting all the things together, and I I remember uh, specifically loading all of our gear, getting it on the boat, I remember riding out, I remember getting to the place where we were going to be, and when the engine turned off, I remember the fact that the boat was going like this, back and forth, back and forth. And I am a person that if I think about driving in the back, or riding in the backseat of a car, that I get sick pretty quickly. And so I was starting to get sick, and I remember just saying, okay, I can push through this, and I, I casted my pole in. I caught a fish after a while. I was really excited, and then I had to use the restroom. I went down below, and when I went down below to use the restroom, I came back out. I was, I was totally sick. And so I laid down, and I went to sleep. And the next thing I remember, I woke up and we were pulling into shore and, the, and the, the entire thing that I anticipated was over. I had ignored it. I had missed out on it. And I think the reality of life sometimes is we look at the things of life that are so exciting, perhaps a, a, the end of a semester that's coming up or a holiday season or an activity or an event, we get so excited about those things. We anticipate them so much, all the planning that goes into them, but oftentimes they're temporal and they end. Well, the thing with Christ is it's way more, there's, there's so much more to the anticipation of who he is because it doesn't end with Christ. In fact, instead, it starts with Christ. It's the starting of a relationship with him and a new life that we can have in turn as we engage with him. I remember things in life that I have not anticipated, the excitement behind them. I have three young children. When we lived in South Dakota, We went to a a restaurant in Sioux Falls, and we're sitting there, we're eating, and there was a table next to us of people that were speaking very loudly. And as they spoke, they were were fighting, and they were using language that was not necessarily language I wanted my children to hear. And as the time went on, I just kind of tried to keep the attention of my kids at our table, not really trying to hear what was going on at the other table. And it wasn't a couple of days later that my daughter came to me, and she said, Dad, Dad, I've got something to tell you. I learned a new word. It's called the F word. And I was like, oh, no. And like the whole time I was anticipating this, oh, what's she going to say? And she said, the word is fat. And I was like, yes. (laughs) Patted her on the head. You are right, my seven-year-old innocent daughter. That is the F word. I was so concerned about the anticipation I had of her bringing that language or whatever it is that she might learn. And I thought about the reality that in many cases... Anticipation it has a very strong pull in our life. In fact, oftentimes the things we anticipate, they can consume us. The things that we anticipate, they can drive us. The things that we anticipate can either either rob us of our joy or they can give us new joy. If that's in Jesus. So what does it look like to live in this anticipation, this Advent anticipation? I'm going to read two verses today. Perhaps they're verses you've heard before. This is from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And perhaps many of you can even quote these. I can if I'm not standing in front of a group of people, but for whatever reason, I lose words when that happens. It reads like this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... You know, often I'll preach on a larger passage, but I recognize that these two verses have so much to say to us about the understanding of what it means to live in anticipation of the coming of the King, what it means to live in personal holiness, and what it means to embrace the season you're all about to embark on, which is this break between uh, first semester and second semester. And so in Paul's writing here, he's talking to the church at Rome, and he's bringing forth a statement to help them understand that the world world around them is ruled by the evil one, something that we can relate to today. The world around them is corrupt and attempting in all ways for the evil one to embark upon, destroying their lives, robbing them of joy. And he's saying to them to be transformed by the renewing of their mind, not by their own hands or by their own means or the things of this world, but to be transformed by the goodness of God and the goodness of his gospel. You see, in this regard here, we recognize he's talking about a sacrifice. And for them, an offered sacrifice at that time was was not always an easy thing to understand. It was the death of an animal. It was the death of something within the context of their life. It was consecrated. It was brought before God. But he was speaking specifically of a new covenant sacrifice. And the new covenant sacrifice is not something that can be manufactured or embarked on by a human. Instead, it is given by God himself through the person and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so what Paul is saying here is if you want to be transformed, if you want your mind to be renewed, it must take place as a result of embracing and engaging in relationship and accepting the salvation of Jesus himself. You see, we celebrate his birth here at the end of, this, uh, the end of next month, but that's only the beginning. He lived a perfect life and, then, life, and then he died, he rose, beating death, and ascended into heaven as a means for us to experience his goodness, his salvation. What does it look like to live or to be a living sacrifice? It means, as Paul said, to be holy and pleasing. And holy means to be set apart, to be like Christ, to be not like the world, not like the things around us, to be like Christ. The other part of that is to be true and in proper worship. And worship is an amazing thing. I think sometimes within the context of the church or a church, local church setting, we look at it as just the music. And I will tell you that time of worship we already had and what we're going to have from here I'm excited about as well. But worship is more than that. Worship is everything that we are. Every thought that we have, every word we say, at the expense of every, every piece of yourself, time, talent, and treasure is all worship. And it all points towards glorifying either God or essentially self. And so the reality is we can worship God in all that we do and all that we say. And Paul calls us in our schoolwork, as roommates, as the way that we spend our money, our time, everything that we are to worship God. Most of this experience is, is upended specifically with the, the, regular, uh, the regular schedule you have with the break that we're about to have. And the recognition there is that there's opportunity for us to worship and to gain an, uh, a, a great opportunity in this fault line moment to brace God through the change, through possibly for some of you, the, the allotted amount of extra time that you're going to have. Paul goes on to embrace the instruction that describes the, how to subscribe to his teaching. In verse 2, it says, "...do not conform to the pattern of this world." Don't be like the world. It's fairly simple, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And here's the the bottom line point of that. Thinking influences doing. The things that we think, the things that we put in our mind, the things that we embrace, whatever you're you're watching or binging right now, those things, that thing is going to dictate, it's going to influence how you act, what you do, what you say. There's not a disconnect there. We're, We're holistic beings. God created us that way. And so the things that we think, the things that we understand are going to dictate how we respond, how we act. My middle child, he's, uh, he's 13 and he acts like a 13-year-old, not like Frank. He's, he's much more mature than Frank, but he's, he's, I'm kidding, Frank. He's my favorite. I can say that. I can say that. No, he... He he's, he's, a, he's a good kid. I love him. He's artistic, but he beats to, his own, uh, to, the, to, the, to the beat of his own drums, or he marches to the beat of his own drums sometimes. And we, we, have, we have goats, and I know that's weird. I won't talk about that anymore, but we have goats in the backyard, and we feed them, we water them, and, it's, and my kids take turns on whose turn it is. And uh, my son, uh, he's 13, he goes out, and we don't have water in the barn. Instead, we get it from the house. We take it up in buckets down, and we have to water them. And he went out back and he was filling a bucket of water to take down to the goats so he could water them. And as he did, when he was done, he looked down and he saw, and I found this out later, he saw the, the, uh, the, the downspout that goes into uh, a, a drain that drains about 30 yards away under the ground into our yard. And he took the hose and instead of turning the water off, he stuck the bottom of the hose into that drain. And then he went, he fed, or fed and watered the goats, he came inside, and it wasn't until the next day when it was my turn to go out and feed and water the goats that I recognized that the water had been running down this pipe for 24 hours. And I asked him, I said, "'Son, what were you thinking?' And he said, Dad, I, I, I'm sorry. I know. I said, well, I'm sorry too. This is, is going to be you know, an co- extra cost as far as how much that's going to be for the water. But also, there's a huge mud puddle in the yard. And he said, well, Dad, you know, that was kind of the purpose. I said, the purpose was to create a mud puddle in my yard? I said, yeah, we were going to go and I was going to get his younger brother Sawyer. And we were going to slide in the mud puddle. It was going to be a fun time. And I thought to myself, specifically speaking, he thought this was a good idea. He went ahead and went about it and he created a muddy mess. And that happens to us spiritually. But I also recognize sometimes the plans that we have, they affect the people around us. And sometimes they affect the people around us in a positive way. And sometimes they affect the people around us in a negative way. You see, God created us to live in community, in unity with one another, and he gives us the opportunity to impact each other. Yes, you have to make the decision for your soul and the final destination of your soul, but you also get the opportunity to impact the people around you in a way where they can engage in God himself. What does this look like specifically in words as we look at it? I can't help but think about the fact that when we don't conform to the pattern of this world it is a huge sigh of relief. And what I mean by that is this. If our priority does not match up to the world, our priority is one, excuse me, let me me restate this. It says, if it is a priority of the world, it is is not a priority of the one attempting to be a living sacrifice. And so if we don't live by the same standards of the world, we have the relief upon us to say, you know what, the things that this world measures, the things of the metrics of this world don't matter to me. They don't matter to us. And there's huge relief in that. The pressure is gone because God matters and everything else doesn't. You know, I I think about this just kind of fleshing it out. I'm gonna do this quickly. I know I'm running out of time. It says this, the, the priorities of the world, to have it all, material wealth, to look good at all times, to have a great image, never be left out. Somebody said being, they have a fear of being left out. I, I think in, in a Christian sense, that's okay. You're allowed to, to for the retreat. Go on, everybody go on the retreat. That's my, my plug there. But to be popular. The fourth one is influencer, right? You want to be powerful. Well, think specifically. Christ had all those things at his fingertips. One, he, he had it all, right? He, he, he had everything in a, in a spiritual sense, maybe not in a physical, worldly sense. He had the greatest image of all. He was the image. He was the template. He, he was by far the most popular figure and is the most popular figure of all, of all time, and he had the opportunity to embrace uh, everything, to have everything, to have power of everything, but he gave it humbly of himself so that you and I could experience life and life eternal. He laid it all down for us, and he gave us the opportunity to understand what it means to not conform to the pattern of this world. So finally, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you can't bring transformation. You have to allow God to bring it for you. But there there is a requirement, a posture of openness, an open arm and an open hand to what God has when he he calls us and he asks us to come to himself. When we engage in him and engage in his word, we find the fact that there's this opportunity for us to rest in him. And so the call that I want to just bring forth right now is one specifically for this break you've got coming up. I know that it's going to be, for some of you, it's a marathon and a sprint all at the same time for these last few weeks or this last week or however much time you have uh, as, as finals are approaching. But I will say this, when you have that break, regardless of what it looks like, don't try to cram it full with activity. Don't try to do all these things. Instead, simply rest in the arms of God. Allow him to fill you. Allow him to be the one that brings forth the transforming of your mind. Because after time, what happens often when you're in the midst of the the schedule and you're doing all these things in this season of, well, things will slow down. Can I tell you, if your season never slows down, it's not a season. It's your life. That's who you are. That's what it is. You have to make the time to slow down. And this moment, this time, this season is that time. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. This Advent se- season, as we step forward at Be Proactive with the expectation, with the anticipation, with this season of recognizing this could be a new beginning, a new time to embrace and engage with Him. A season to present yourself to God as a living sacrifice. Let me mention these three action items, and they're, they're going to work in context, even though I'm going to leave something out. First thing is this, seek him in transition. So in this time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, in a room this size, there's probably some of you that are not coming back next semester, right? Maybe some of you are going to graduate, but some of you, maybe you transfer to another school, maybe, maybe you find out that your grades aren't where they need to be. Some of you may not come back next semester. So this could be a whole new thing, a whole new place, but it could be just a temporal season. If that's the case, in this transition, recognize God never changes. Your circumstances might, but God never changes. Embrace him. The second thing is say yes to whatever he calls you to and step forward into it with full obedience as a living sacrifice. And then finally, go all in. Whatever it might be, go all in with what God has for you. Go all in in a relationship with him. Go all in with rest. Go all in and listen because he knows. He's the one that can see the, the top of the parade. He can see all the pieces. He's got the bird's eye view. We can only see what's right in front of us and what's right beside us. And we can turn around and see what's behind us. But God sees everything else and he's good. Reality is because he's he's all he's the, the all-powerful being, the one the authority over all things, and he is good, that combination in in trusting him, you will never go wrong. I want to just say this, as a living sacrifice, you will experience life to the fullest, both here and in eternity. So let's anticipate his advent together. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these moments we could gather in this place and recognize the fact, God, that you are moving. I, 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 Father, I'm so encouraged to hear the testimonies of the way that you have moved and things that you are doing, but I'm also encouraged to know right now in advance that there is more to come, that there is so much more to come, that you are not done. You are never done with us, Father. You never abandon us. You never leave us. You are always present. And so, God, I pray that you would bring forth an opportunity for this ministry and for each one of us as we go, specifically in whatever whatever the next steps are, Father. You would help us to finish strong here, but when we move into whatever the next steps are, God, that you would go along with us, that you would help us, Father, to embrace you as living sacrifices with our arms open, anticipating your goodness and anticipating your presence. In your Son's precious and perfect and holy name that we pray. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of The 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crewatou.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of The One